Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. The church will prevail. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bible this morning, you can turn with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 1, Isaiah chapter 1, and turn to the book of Jonah, somebody say, oh no. Chapter one, amen. I just want to say this morning, it's good to have my friend Terry White with us this morning. Why don't we welcome him? Glad that you're here today. Thank you for being here. It's a strength to see you. Amen. Amen. Known him for some years, played some ball together back in the day when we were a little younger. younger he said of course I'm not as old as he is you know you you probably can't tell that <laughs> you probably can't tell that but you know I had to say it because you probably can't tell that <laughs> amen glad you're here today Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 where the Lord says, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. When you sit down and reason with the Lord, when you hear his perspective, amen, all of a sudden everything around us begins to change. When you begin to see things through the eyes of God, he said, come on, let us reason together, which tells me he wants to talk about it. He's got a convincing argument. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Verse 19. If, somebody say if. It's a big word. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But, somebody say but. That's also a big word. Let me tell you the flip side. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Amen. Now, we don't have any problem at all preaching about eating of the good of the land. But only those that are willing and obedient that the good of the land is set aside for. 
But those who refuse or rebel, there is another set of circumstances set aside for them. I don't know about anybody else in the building, but I don't want to be on that side of the coin. Amen. I don't want to be on the destruction side of judgment. Come on. But I want to be on the reward side where he can say to me, well done thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of thy salvation. I want to tell you this morning, there are rewards that are set aside for those of us who are willing and obedient. You will eat of the good of the land. Somebody say amen. I'm preaching already. Jonah chapter 1. Verse 1, I know you've been standing. I have two. Verse 1, I love the word. I love it. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. What did he tell him to do? Against it. Amen. He's going to cry against it for their wickedness has come up before me. Somebody say, but Jonah. He's on the but side. See? But Jonah. How many remember that part of your life? But Josh. But Terry. But Matt, but Mindy, come on. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. Notice he went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish. Because you're always going to find somebody wanting to go away from the presence of the Lord. So he paid the fare thereof. He paid the price to flee the presence of the Lord. Amen. And went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Said it twice. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. And there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid, and cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea, to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said, Every one to his fellow, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon but Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us? What is thine occupation? And where comest thou? What 
is thy country, and of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? Notice. Their lives were affected by what they did with Jonah. Everything you go, you're going through is not necessarily always about you. Is there a Jonah on your ship? Amen. If there is, you're going to go through a lot of stuff that you probably would not have to go through. Somebody say amen. And he said unto them, take me up and cast me into the sea. And so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake, this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to land, but they could not. For the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Therefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee. Let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood. For thou, O Lord, hast done it as it has pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea. And the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Amen. I want to preach to you this morning. Uh, it could be one of two things. It could be identifying Jonah on your ship. Or it could be the greatest obstacles to the will of God. Okay, why don't you lay your Bibles down this morning. Lift your hands unto the Lord. Just ask the Lord to speak to you right where you're at. God, we need you this morning. Lord, we're, we're thankful, Lord, for this, your presence that we have felt in this place so far. We're thankful for your anointing, God, that's upon us, God. Anoint our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to be understanding of your word. I pray, God, that the word that goes forth, Lord, would go forth with clarity. God, I pray, Lord, that you would say what you need to say. Do all that you have purpose to do in this place. And we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Clap your hands one more time. You could be seated in the presence of the Lord. In the outset of this message this morning, the Lord dealt with me uh, very specifically this week and in the days uh, uh, directly before today uh, about a couple of different concepts and principles. Ask yourself the question this morning, what is the most powerful force in our universe? 
Ask yourself this question. What are the two greatest forces in our, in this world that we're in now? Some would say that it is Mother Earth. Amen. Some would say that uh, it is all the, the things that Mother Earth can bring through weather and, and through circumstances that can cause uh, hard times upon mankind. But, but I don't think that's the greatest force. Amen. Some would say that it is mankind is the greatest force. And, and I believe that they are half right. I believe that, uh, that people need to understand the value of mankind in the earth. Man, uh, the, the Lord said, uh, what is man that thou art mindful of him or the son of man that thou visitest him? Amen. I believe that man is the apple of God's eye. Amen. Everything that he created, he created for the life of human beings. Amen. All the things that he made in the garden of Eden and on the earth, he created for man. Amen. He created for man to keep man safe, to keep man fed, and to keep man comfortable. Somebody say amen. Uh, he created this earth. And the Bible says all things were made by him and for him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Amen. But he's speaking of Jesus Christ. Amen. The man. Christ Jesus. We have to understand the, the connection between man and God. Amen. We have to understand the connection between a father in heaven, a creator, and mankind on the earth. Amen. How many know that when he made man, the Bible says that he made man in his likeness, after his likeness, and after his image. Amen. He made man in the very image of of God. Amen. He made the animals and he made the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And he made the earth and all of its splendor and all of its beauty. But when he made man, he made man in his image after his own likeness. Amen. He made man as a, a, a knockoff. Come on. He made man as to be a representative for him in the earth. And the Bible Bible says that he gave man dominion. Come on, over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth, and over all the earth. The Bible says that man was superior. Man had dominion. Come on, man had the right to exercise God's authority in the earth. Come on, man was the voice of God in the earth. When Adam named the animals, he did it as the voice of God. Amen. God didn't override him. God didn't step in and say, no, don't name him that, uh, name him this. He gave man the dominion and the authority in the earth. We have to understand today that we were created in the image of God and after his likeness and man still has dominion. Amen. But the Bible also says that God gave them a commandment. He said, you can eat of every tree in the garden, but don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that's in the midst of the garden. Come on, there had to be one tree. 
Amen. There had to be one tree that was something that God told them not to partake of. There had to be something that was different than everything else. There had to be something, an avenue, a, a choice given to mankind so that they could exercise the dominion of God in the earth. If there wasn't an alternative, then there wouldn't be a choice. If there was an alternative, then we would not have a will to choose for ourselves. How many know that when God placed the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the midst of the garden, he was in essence giving man a choice, giving them a choice. I want you to serve me. I long for you to serve me and live in my blessings, but I'm not going to make you serve me. I'm going to give you a choice. Somebody say a choice. Amen. I've heard people say, if God didn't want them to sin, then why would he put the tree there? He had to put the tree there. Amen. If he didn't put the tree there, then we would be robots. Come on. We would be cyborgs. We wouldn't have a mind to think for ourselves. We wouldn't have a mind to make a choice for ourselves or have a desire to serve the Lord with all of our hearts. You see, God don't want a bunch of people that don't know him, that just serve him because he's God. He wants people to serve him because they love him. He wants people to serve him because they understand who he is. Amen. Amen. Some people would say the greatest force in the, in the, in the, in the universe is the will of God. I believe that that's one of the greatest forces in the, in the universe. The will of God. Amen. The will of God is, is the word made flesh. Come on. It is the word of God. We talked about it. The, the word is the foundation for everything that was created. Everything that was created was created after the template of the word of God. When God spoke it, it became as the way that he spoke it. Come on. When he began to speak the words, uh, the thoughts that he was thinking with all of the detail of everything that he created, it all came into being as it was in the mind of God after the word of God. How many knows in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God and the word is still God. Amen. The word is still in control. The will of God, the greatest force in the universe. Amen. There's not anything that God won't do to have his will done in the earth. Come on. How many know that God, it's with, a, with, a, with a desire to see mankind blessed and a desire to see things made right, that he became in the form of a man, was created in the likeness of men, became like one of us. Come on. He, 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 he humbled himself and became in the form of a man and became like man. Come on. That he might be a faithful and merciful high priest of things pertaining to God. He wanted it right so bad that he took on the form of a flesh and he became the sacrifice for our sins for all that was done wrong in the earth. How many know Jesus made it right? He said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. I want to tell you, I don't care how terrible the things are that have been done in this earth, Jesus made it right. The blood of Jesus has the power to cleanse all sin. Amen. But Jesus had to live as a man. 
Come on. Jesus was humbled himself as a man. He took upon himself the form of a man. Amen. He was made in the likeness of men. How many know that we were made in the likeness of God, but God also made himself in the likeness of men. He, in order for him to expect us to do what he wants us to do, he had to be willing to do it himself. Come on, he become a son. He humbled himself and became a son. He was a son. He, he operated in the earth in the form of a man. He was subject to a body. He was subject to weariness. He was subject to hunger. He was subject to being cold and being hot and being tired and being sleepy and being hungry and being, come on, and being sick. He was, he was, he was, he was humbled like a man and he experienced everything that men experience. But the Bible says, yet without sin. Amen. In every aspect of his life, he chose the will of God. In every aspect of his life, he chose what was right. He was the perfect, sinless sacrifice. The spotless lamb, if you will, led to before the shears as a lamb before the slaughter. Amen. But he opened not his mouth. And he took upon on him all of the sins and the iniquities of the whole world being made in the form of man. He took the punishment for all mankind. But in doing so, he restored one thing. He restored sonship. Come on. He restored the ability to do the will of God. He restored the ability to let God's word have superiority in the earth. Somebody say amen. Amen. He lived a life with no sin. And the Bible says that when he died on the cross, that before he ascended, he first descended in the depths of the earth and he preached the captives free and he took back the keys of death and of hell. Amen. And he had the power over all power in heaven and in the earth. I'm going to tell you today, the reason we have what we have, it's because of Jesus. The reason we have what we have, it's because of the cross. It's because of the cross. He restored sonship. Amen. He restored the ability to do the will of God. Come on, somebody. He took back the power and the authority. When Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, power and authority was lost. Man still had dominion. Amen. But what was controlling man? Amen. We have to understand that when Adam sinned, that he fell spiritually. Amen. His spirit died. And so when your spirit's dead, the only faculties you have to live by is your mind. Come on, your, your, your primitive skills. Yeah, your mind, your way of thinking, your feeling, your emotions. Come on. That's why I said, out of the heart of man proceeds wickedness. Man, adultery, fornication, come on, all lying, deceitfulness, envying, strifes, all of the negative things that we are told not to do come forth from the heart of man. When Adam fell, he lost 
the ability to be a son unto God. He was no longer God's representative in the earth. God had lost his representation in the earth and he became a misrepresentation of what God had created him to be. That's why when Jesus came, he restored it all. Come on. He restored all of sonship. He chose the good and abhorred the evil. Come on. He chose to do the will of God over his own will. Amen. He set aside his own life, gave it to God and said, I'm going to do with my life what you've asked me to do with my life. He prayed unto God. He said, Lord, if there's any way that this cup could pass from me, so be it. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine will be done. Not my body's will, but thine will be done. Not my mind's will, but thine will be done. Come on. Not what I want to do, but what you want to do to be done. I want to tell you this morning, when Jesus chose the will of God, it set all of us free. Come on. When he chose the will of God and took the punishment for our sins, it set the whole world free. Anybody that's ever committed sin has access to the blood of Jesus Christ. There's no discrimination according to race or socioeconomic status or whatever you want to say. There's no, there's no discrimination. Whosoever will, let him come and take of the water of life freely. Freely you have received. Freely give. Amen. greatest force that stands in the way of the will of God in the earth is the will of man. The greatest force that stands against God's will in your life is your will. Some would say it's the force of darkness. I don't believe that because the force of darkness can't do anything without my consent. Come on, that's why he said he's as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. It doesn't say he can devour. It says he may devour. May denotes permission. Right? He walks about seeking whom he may devour. Can I devour you? Well, yes, you can. Can I enter into your life? Well, yes, you can. Come on. Can I bring destruction to your world? Well, yes, you can. Except he, 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 he cloaks it with temptation. And he cloaks it with things that look good on the outside. But on the inside, they're filled of deadness. Come on. How many know that we need the word of God in our lives so it can be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path? say the will of man the devil can only do to you what you allow him amen if you look up the roaring lion have you ever asked yourself what the roaring lion is what is the roaring lion brother Frank Menhart one time was preaching and this stuck in my spirit it's been years ago I don't know how many, over 20. Somebody say, that's a long time. When God puts something in your spirit, how many know it stays there? He said he, was, he had a friend that was in Africa, and he was on one of the safaris. And they're riding along, and the, the, the guide is telling them all about the lions and, and their, their habitat and all that they eat and what they do and their activity. And, and the, the guy spoke up and said, can you tell me what is a roaring lion? guy looked at him strange and said, 
why do you ask about the roaring lion? And he said, I, he, the guy quoted him the scripture that's in the Bible. And the guy smiled. And he said, the roaring lion is an old lion. The roaring lion is a lion that has lost its bite, lost its agility, lost its ability to hunt. All he has left is his roar. And so when he moves up on his prey, sneaks up quietly, and he roars on them, and he, uh, fear is a, is a strange thing. It has the ability to paralyze you. Amen. And so he waits for them to be paralyzed by fear, by the fierceness of his roar, so he has time to sneak up and to devour that that prey. But if the prey was aware and alert and understanding who that lion was, he wouldn't stick around for him to destroy him, right? He would just prance off without a fight. Amen. Because Satan is a roaring lion. He's an old lion. He's lost his bite. He's lost his agility. The only thing he adds is his roar. And the only way that he can destroy your life is if you sit there and let him. Come on, I don't know about anybody else in the building, but I'm not going to sit around and let Satan destroy my home, my children, my finances, my health, my mind. I'm going to stand up with the word of God and I'm going to say, thus saith the Lord. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy to be praised. You got to get on board with Jesus. That's all it comes down to. The time for riding the fence is over. It's time to get on board with Jesus. It's time to jump in with both feet and do it all. Do it the right way. Throw it all in. Amen. I'm not holding anything back. I surrender everything unto the Lord. The will of man has the ability to thwart the will of God. Our inability to receive what God has for us can take us down paths that he did not destine for us to be. It can cause heartache and sorrow in our worlds that we didn't that we didn't necessarily want. Somebody say amen. Just by doing it our way. Somebody say my way. Jonah got a word from the Lord. He got a word from the Lord. Now, to a lot of people, that don't mean anything. But to me, that's eternal. That's the plan of God. That when God gives you a word, nothing, no force in this world can take it away. Overcome it or destroy it. Nothing. Amen. Nothing, no force set against you can keep it from happening. If God spoke it, it's going to come to pass. All you got to do is believe it and walk in it. The only thing that can stop it from happening is us. Amen. If you got a word from the Lord, you need to do it. I don't care if God's telling you to do something you don't want to do. You need to obey. You need to humble yourself, submit yourself to the word of God, and let the plan of God unravel and unfold in your life. If you don't, and you stand in resistance against God's word. Jonah, there's trouble 
He said, Jonah, here's the deal. Go to Nineveh, and I want you to cry against that city. Cry against the city, because they, it was a city filled with wickedness, idolatry, everything, every iniquity name was, was done in Nineveh. Amen. They were, it was a horrible place. God told him, go there and preach, and I'm going to bring revival to that city. Because when the word of God spoken, no force in the world can keep it from happening. If God spoke it and he purposed it, it's going to happen. I just got to get on board with what he's wanting to do. Come on. Jonah's like, Uh, I'm not going to Nineveh because I'm afraid they will repent. See, Jonah wanted them to be destroyed. He thought they deserved to be destroyed. Jonah had his own set of ideals, ideas, right? He understood that if I don't go, then it's not going to get done. Amen. I, you know, we can set our heart against the will of God and what God wants to do will not be done because we don't go. You know, Jonah was the man for that city. Jonah was the man to bring deliverance to Nineveh. He was the man. God had anointed him that the words that he preached, it wasn't about Jonah, it was about the word of God for Jonah's life. Amen. But the word of God for Jonah's life affected more people than just him. Amen. When are we going to understand that my life is more than just about me? Come on. It's more than just about what I feel or what I want or what I dream to be or what I aspire to be. It's about who's connected to me. Amen. What God wants to do through us and for us. Somebody say amen. Amen. Jonah said no. He set his heart against the word of God for his life. Bible says he ran from the presence of the Lord. Amen. He refused the word of God for his life and he went the opposite direction. Amen. He went down. Because God's calling us up. Amen. He went down. Anything God asks you to do is going to take you up. Come on, anything he, he asks you to give up, it's going to take you higher. Come on, anything he asks you, oh, there's a word spoken for your life. A lot of times it's going to be something that you don't want to hear or something that you don't necessarily want to do. But nobody understands God's will for our lives like he does. Amen. He understands it through and through. He understands the details of it. All we can see is the feeling and, and what we see right in front of us. Come on, we need to get past the emotions of what we want and where we want to go and what we want to do and understand. God, it's your will for my life. That's the only reason I'm breathing. That's the only reason I'm still on the earth. That's the only reason I'm here this morning. Your will for my life. He went the opposite direction. Amen. He set his heart against going where God wanted him to go. And so he made his own plan. Amen. You ever made your own plan? He made his own plan. I'm not going to Nineveh. I'm going to book a ticket to Tarshish. The weather's good this time of year. And that's away from the presence of the Lord. You can ascend to the highest mountain or to the depths of the sea. Guess what? God's there. 
go to the darkest place in the jungle where no man has ever gone. Guess what? God's there. Amen. There's no height too high or no depth too low. Come on. Or no valley too great that God, the arm of the Lord is short and he can't reach and his voice can't speak to us. Come on. Every, every decision that we make, everything that we do, God knows he's involved. He's, he's dealing with us, working with us, trying to get us to do what he wants. But when we don't, amen, when we pay the fare to go a different direction, we have to understand that there are repercussions because with every action becomes comes a, a, a correct reaction. How many know that you can't do anything without something happening? Can a man take fire into his bosom and not be burned? You see these guys walking on hot coals? I'd be running on hot coals. You know, walking. Hey Amen. That's a farce. Because you take fire into your bosom. Guess what? Or into the bosom. You touch your body or your flesh with fire, guess what? You're going to be burned. Amen. Because with every choice, with everything that we do, there is an action. There's a reaction. Amen. There's something that takes place or happens. He says when, when, when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. Come on. When we continually choose to do the wrong thing, our lives are going to be marked with death and pain and sorrow and sickness. Come on. And, and, and torment in our minds. Come on. The only way that we can escape is make a decision in our mind. I'm tired of doing it my own way. I'm tired of doing it the way I've always done it. I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to find out what he expects of me, what he wants of me, because I want to eat of the good of the land. I want a part of my life to be good. I want to have health and prosper in this life. Jonah, he hides from God. He, he goes and gets on a boat to nowhere. And God ain't happy. isn't happy. And I say, ain't. I'm just a country boy. Man, we say ain't around here, so get used to it. <laughs> ain't nobody do me like Jesus. That's the way we say it. You know, that's a song written by a bunch of country boys or girls. I don't know who wrote it. Jonah's hiding away like nothing happened. And he gets on this boat and he goes to Tarshish. They don't get too far. And the Bible says that the Lord sends a wind. There are storms that are from other circumstances, not of the Lord. But there are also storms that are of the Lord. Amen. The Lord blows up a tempest. Guess what? When God creates a tempest, you're not navigating where you want to go. The Bible says that they tried to go where they wanted to go and they couldn't. They could not go where they wanted to go because they had some, some bad cargo. Amen. They, they had somebody on their boat that was called of God. Amen. The call of God supersedes everything else. Amen. It takes precedence over other plans. It takes precedence over other purposes. Come on. They had a purpose.
purpose in their lives to go to Tarshish. Amen. That's where they had purpose to go. That's where their lives were going to take them. But Jonah, the word of God for Jonah's life was to go to Nineveh. Amen. His word was not to go to Tarshish. Amen. He could not get on a boat to Tarshish and do it with good conscience. All those other guys, their purpose was to go to Tarshish. And they could go to Tarshish with no problem. But the word of God for Jonah was to go to Nineveh. I want to tell you this morning, you can't go where you want to go when you want to go. When God's got a plan for your life, he's going to disrupt other people's plans to get you out of the boat, taking you to Tarsus. Amen. And that's my prayer this morning. God, get a hold of every Jonah. I don't care what boat they're on. You have called them to bigger and better things. Pull them out. Cast them into the sea. Create a fish for them. Do whatever you got to do to get them out. Jesus' name. Amen. They were in an uproar. They're throwing things of value into the sea to keep the boat afloat. They're throwing everything out. Amen. Whenever people are going through a struggle, you should ask yourself, why is this happening? Okay? There's an answer. Sometimes it's spiritual attack. That happens told the disciples get in a boat and go to the other side what happened a storm a tempest rose kept them the bible said the winds were contrary to them amen trying to keep them from where they were supposed to go amen that's not of the lord and when you're in a storm like that you weather the storm come on but there are some storms that you can't fight your way through come on there are storms that are sent by god Amen. And there are people that they go through things and the struggles and it's not necessarily that they're doing anything wrong, but it's the people that they're connected to. Amen. You got to be careful who you hook up lines with. Come on. You got to be careful who you have relationship with. You got to be careful who you allow into your life to speak into your mind and to your emotions. You got to be careful. He says, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Amen. Because they're going a different direction. And if you're going where they're going, you have a call of God on your life. You're going to not only disrupt your life, but you're going to disrupt their life too. Amen. If you're going through something and you can't understand why, who's on your boat? Amen. Take an inventory of the people you're connected to. Come on. Because there will be signs. They will resist the will of God. Amen. They will not want, they'll run from the presence of the Lord. Anytime you start talking about God, they'll turn their back and run. You need to get them off the boat. Come on, you don't want anybody trying to dissuade you from following God or doing the will of God in your life. Everybody that that goes against God's will, they're going to have a reason. They're going to have an offense. They're going to have a doubt of why they don't follow God. You don't need that in your life. You need people speaking faith, speaking truth, speaking love. God's trying to get a hold of Jonah, and in order to get a hold of Jonah, he's got to disrupt the vessel that he's on. Amen. They do everything they can do to keep it afloat, and they, they, they everything that's in their power to try to navigate the boat where they want it to go, but it will not go. It won't go the direction they want it to go. The storm will not let up. It won't go away. The turmoil will not cease, and all of a sudden, they start looking around. Where are you from, Jonah? 
How come everybody else is worried about going down, but you're not? Another way that you can identify Jonah is he don't care about your well-being. He's sleeping while you're being tossed about by the waves that he created. I don't need that. There's enough waves. There's enough wind that's contrary to me and my family without adding some Jonah in my life. Come on, somebody. He's sleeping while all this is going. And when you see people that are unconcerned, come on, about what's taking place and what's being caused by their behavior, amen, they're wrecking it all, but they never claim it. They're sleeping through the whole thing. They don't care about you or the people beside you or your children. You need to understand that's a Jonah and he needs to go. Come on. I don't care where he's from. I don't care if he's a Hebrew. I don't care if he prays. I don't care who he is. If he's unconcerned about the havoc that he's choices are reeking on your life he's got to go Man. let me tell you another way you can identify him when you're putting yourself in harm's way to try to save him he's unconcerned amen he's sleeping and and, and you're doing, you're trying to navigate the ship for both of you when it wasn't your choice that put you there. Come on. There's some wheels turning in this building. Hey man, it wasn't his choice to put you in it, but you're doing everything in your power to get out of it. But you don't understand that it's God that's against you. It's not the devil. Hey Amen. We cannot harbor Jonas. Now, for some of us, that's contrary to our theological thinking, we think, because everybody's our neighbor. We should do everything we can to save people. Yes, we should. We should. Amen. But there's something about us that wants to be God to people. And we think that we can help them, amen, by keeping them on our ship. But when Jonah's will is set against the will of God, there's no love that you can show him that's going to change his mind. That's outright rebellion. Come on, I'm helping somebody. And when somebody's in outright rebellion, they are against God. And I cannot connect myself to somebody that's rebelling against God. I got to get them off of my boat. I got to get them out of my life. Come on. I'm not responsible to change their heart. Come on. I'm not responsible to change their behavior. I'm not responsible. If they don't want it, if they're not going to reach for it, then I can't give it to them. I can't put myself in harm's way for somebody that don't want to do the will of God and is dead set on going the opposite direction. Let me tell you what you do with Jonah. They couldn't, they couldn't throw Jonah over because we love people, right? We do. We want people to be saved. We do. We want people to, to have what God has, want what God has. We want it for them more than they want it for themselves. 
Amen. But the problem with that is they got to make the choices. Jonah's got to decide, hey, I'm turning around. And until Jonah makes that choice, I can't help him. Because God's preparing a fish. Come on. God's preparing something beyond our control to turn Jonah. Hear me this morning. Some of us have sit in guilt because of what's happening in people's lives of people that we have tried to help and people that we have tried to save and people that we have poured our love into. But understand, you can't give somebody something that they don't want. Amen. You poured your love on them. The hand of God is on their lives. Don't let what's happening deter you from following the will of God. Throw them over the side and say, God, I can't do it, but I know that you can. They're in your hands now. Man, I, I remember coming out of the world. There was people that I was cutting ties. I felt guilty. I did. I felt guilty. They're my friends. Man, they've been there through thick and thin. But they're the first ones that give you a call and say, hey, want to go get drunk? Come on, let's go down to the club. Come on, let's go get a case of beer and go shoot nine. Amen. Let's let's go chase some girls. Am I talking too plain? Amen. They're the first ones that say, come on, let's go get high. Amen. You haven't gotten high in a long time. Who needs sobriety? Come on, you need to get high again. Come on. You don't need that in your life. Amen. You need to disconnect from Jonah. If they're in your life trying to drag you back where you came from, they're a Jonah. Get him out. life is valuable. You, everybody, you need to say that my life is valuable. It matters who's in my life. It matters who my friends are. It matters who I'm connected to. It matters who's helping me make my decisions. It matters where my wisdom is coming from. It matters the choices that I'm making. It matters who I'm married to. It matters. It matters who I'm connected to. I'm going to clean my ship out. Come on. I'm getting Jonah off my boat. Somebody say, get him off your boat. can tell by the prayer that the guy prays, the captain. He's like, Lord, he's praying to God. He, he didn't even know God, but he's praying. He didn't want to be guilty of throwing an innocent man to his seemingly death. But it, in order for Jonah to be saved, guess what? That is we want to keep people from being hurt. Come on. Experiencing pain. Experiencing heartache. Come on. We want to create for people a painless place so that they can live in euphoria. That's not life. That's a dream. Amen. That's a fairy tale. You can't keep people from heartache. You can't keep them from sorrow. Sometimes that's the only tool that God has that can get us on our knees and cause us to understand his plan for our lives. Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. There's no other way to be saved. Jonah was heading the wrong direction and the only people that could turn him around was the people in the boat. And they had to rid the boat of him. Is this helping anybody? 
him off the boat. Amen. The moment they threw him over. I know some of you have experienced this. Guess what? The storm stopped. All of a sudden, smooth sailing. I can see that. dumber than I'm so glad I got rid of Joe. Blue skies, red skies at night. Man. Jonah thrown overboard. But God had prepared circumstances for his life because the word of God was still over his life. You know, I've had a lot of things happen to me. Think. Man, how can this be real, God? Right? Thrown overboard. He's in the belly of the fish. When he's in the belly of the fish, all of a sudden he's reminded. Come on. It's in the belly of the fish that we're reminded of the promises that we made the vows that we made to the Lord because when we when we make a vow to God he takes it serious amen when we make a when we make a vow to God it's uh, he's gonna hold us to it and he's gonna remind us and I believe it was in the belly of that fish that Jonah was reminded amen I believe God took him all the way back to the beginning and say the reason that I formed you the reason that I made you amen the reason that the word of God is over your life is because you've done and you've went where I've asked you to go and the reason that this is happening right now is because you have made your own choice to set yourself and your plans and your desires against where God wants to take you where I want to take you and as long as you do that this is going to be the end of your life come on it's going to be over with me and when when, when the plan of God in our lives begins to begins to wear out and end, how, how many know our existence is not too far behind? People don't preach like that. You can't do whatever you want to do and be saved. I'm sorry. You can't go wherever you want to go and be saved. Amen. You got to follow the plan of God for your life. Come on, the word of God for your life. God's got to be speaking in it. It's an eternal word. It keeps us going. Jonah woke up in the belly of that fish with a plan in his own mind. I'm going I'll go, Lord. Whatever you ask me to do, I'll do it. Come on. Whatever you ask me to do, I'm going to go. I'll go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I turned my back. I'm sorry I, I tried to run from your presence. I'm sorry that I did what I did. I'm sorry. Whales aren't fish, right? They're, they're mammals. So it probably had scales. <laughs> Can you imagine being in the belly of a fish? Some of us have been worse places. 
Amen. The moment he repented, the moment he made up his mind, he's going to do the will of God. Guess what? It's now, some people think this is that's just a story. That's a fairy tale. That's a that's a myth that they I don't believe that. I believe it was actual happenings. I do. I believe it happened. Just the way that he wrote it in the book of Jonah. Amen. I believe that it happened that the fish, the moment he made up his mind, he's going to follow the will of God. All of a sudden, his circumstances turned around. Amen. I'm going to tell you this morning, some, 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 some of us in this building, the, the only thing holding back the revival that God has for you is your will. Come on, we got to have the will to follow God. Amen. Anytime our will is in resistance against the will of God, it creates turmoil. It, 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 it's disruption. It's, it's, it's uneasiness. It's, it's, it's chaos in our lives. Amen. All of a sudden, there's so much uncertainty and question. But when you're following the, the, the word of God, when God's ordering your steps, there's a level of faith that rises up on the inside of you. And you know without, without a shadow of a doubt, I'm in the middle of of God's will. There's no more peaceful place to be. You can be in the middle of a storm and be in the center of God's will and be sleeping in the back of the boat. Amen. But when you're not, amen, there are circumstances that will get you back in line. Somebody say amen. Jonah woke up, repented. Somebody say he repented. A lot of our lives has to do with relationships with people. And the reason that we talk about relationships so much is because that's, a, that's really what our lives consist of. That's the most important thing in our lives is people. We say people. There will be a time when Jonah repents. He's suitable to be on the ship. There will be a time. There will be a time. There was a time. Jonah repented, and no doubt they saw him on the dock. They probably turned their backs and went from him. But if he went to them and said, hey, I, I'm repenting. I did what God told me to do. The hand of the Lord's on me. Amen. There, there's a place for restoration. There's a place for healing. Come on, somebody. There's a place for forgiveness. There's a, there, there's a place for opening up your heart for people that, that have been left in the wake of change and, and, and the plan of God for your life. Amen. There, there, there is restoration for that. But only for a repentant Jonah. You know, there are, there are times when people get... DMs from <laughs> I'm speaking out of things I don't even know anything about right now never got a DM in my life not even sure where it comes from but I know it stands for direct message it's got to be from uh, a social network somewhere I guess some people some things are for everybody to see other things are not for everybody to see. Is 
so um, anytime you get a message from somebody from the past, you need to be weary, leery of answering the It's okay to say, how you doing? Fine. Amen. I'm praying for you. But don't ever get connected with somebody that's not repentant. Amen. The the power of influence. I, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I know I'm saying it for a reason. The power of influence of our peers is very strong. People that we've ran with, people that we've connected with in the past, people that we, we, we sat at the bar with and drank beers. Come on, people that we went to ball games with, people that we, we were friends with. We had a lot of laughs together, amen, grew up together, what have you. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, power, persuasion, influence from those types of people in our lives, amen. Anytime I get a connection from the past, I'm careful because I know that connections from the past could connect me to the past. Amen. And I've noticed something about behavior. Behavior is learned. Amen. And so I grew up in a particular family. There were six boys in my family. It was like camp every night. Amen. We got beat on by our older brothers. Made us tougher than normal kids. Amen. And we wanted to fight everybody else. I'm serious. That's just the way we grew up. It was was, uh, something that... Uh, was just in us. I don't know. There was a certain dynamic, and we would we would we would jab each other all the time. You know, whenever we're together, it's like who can who can get one over. You know, can I say something to him that's going to mess with him? Amen. Can, can can I say something to him that's going to knock him off his pedestal? Never to pick somebody up, but always to knock somebody down, right? And I noticed even after I got the Holy Ghost that when I got around my brothers, I would revert back into that same behavior. With everybody else, I would be, I would be loving on. But when I got around my brothers, it was like swelled up. Gain some weight. Look like you need to get in the gym, right? Making fun of each other, talk, you know. And, and one day I was, we were laughing about it. And He's like, is that who you are? Ouch. You mean I can't talk to my brothers like that? But it was the, it was, and and it was hard to break because it was the, it was the atmosphere. It was, it was, it was how we treated each other. It was, it was like I was 10 again. Seriously. It was like I was 12 years old again. And we're in the back of the car eating Doritos and drinking Pepsi. You know how brothers are. It's not, it's not the, I'm not trying to knock it. I'm just saying certain, certain environments can take you back. Amen. Have you ever heard a song from the past? And all of a sudden you're like, I remember where I was at one time when this song was playing. You remember? And it ain't good things typically. Right? 
It takes you back into circumstances that you're trying to get out of. Amen. You're trying to stay free from. I'm telling you, I'm trying to help somebody this morning. There are connections from the past that are going to try to connect with you this week. Amen. There's going to be people under the sound of my voice. You're going to get direct message from somebody that's going to try to bring you back where God's trying to take you out of. You just need to disconnect it. You need to just say, hey, I appreciate you reaching out, but that's as far as it goes. Come on. I'm not meeting up. I'm not talking about the past. I'm not doing one with you. Come on. I'm not doing anything that you have to do. I can't connect myself or let Jonah back on my boat. I'm done. Stand with me all around the building. The will of God and the will of man. There are promises. There are promises that God has for us. Promises for your future. Promises for your safety, your protection, your provision, your health. Come on, your financial prosperity. There are promises for your salvation for your eternal life. It's paid for. Amen. It's available. There's promises. It's the will of God for your life. It's God's will for you to be saved. The Bible says it's not his will that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. Amen. But there's a, there's a dynamic that, that God put in play when he placed that tree in the midst of the garden, he gave us a choice. And our will, the will of man, what is the will of man? Think about it for a moment. What is the will of man? It's the ability and the power and the right to choose. I can choose. I have the right to choose. And guess what? You have time to choose. You're still breathing. God's given you another day to get your heart right with him. He's given you another day to make it right. He's given you another day to repent. We ask ourselves this morning, who's the Jonah on my boat? But I want to ask you this morning, are you Jonah? Have you submitted your will totally and completely to God? Have you made up your mind that I'm going to follow God? This is who I am and I'm not going back. Are you sold out? Come on. Have you made up your mind that I'm a child of the King and I don't want anything in my life that doesn't point me to eternity? I don't want anything in my life that is not founded in the spirit, in the word of God. Amen. I can't choose it for you. If I could, if I could choose it for you, I would, but I can't. I don't know who I'm preaching to. Anybody out there under the sound of my voice, if you're watching on live stream, if live stream's even working, 
Are you allowing the will of God to be at the center of who you are? God's will is trying to get through. I'm a vessel for the king. Amen. He's got plans. He's got a purpose. He's got a desire for your life. He's got, he's got things that he wants to give you, things that he wants to show you, places that he wants to take you. Amen. He wants to, he wants to give you revelations in his word. I'm talking about life. I'm talking about eternal life, blessings. But you got to choose it. You got to choose it. Why don't we lift our hands to the Lord this morning? Say, God, I want to be a vessel for the king. I want to be a vessel for the king, Lord. Lord, I appreciate your, your love and your mercy and your long-suffering towards me, giving me the opportunity, Lord, that I can feel sorry for the things that I've done and I can be convicted of my sin, Lord so that I can turn away from it. Thank you, Lord, for granting me repentance unto life. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm made up my mind. Come on, let that be our prayer this morning. I've made up my mind. I'm going to be a vessel for the king. I've made up my mind. I'm going to live my, the rest of my days to serve the Lord. I've made up my mind that if I get a word from the Lord, I'm going to fulfill it and I'm going to walk it out. Amen. He has, he has set me apart. He has prepared me good. Is that your prayer this morning? I wonder if we could gather around the altar today and we could cry out to the Lord and say, God, I don't want my will to ever be in resistance to you. Lord, if my will is in resistance to you, God, I pray that you would break it. Do to me, God, what you have to do to me. Say to me what you have to say to me, Lord. Do whatever's necessary, God, to bring me into an alignment with your will. Do whatever's necessary, God, for, for me to be in alignment with your spirit, God. Help me to feel, God, the sorry. Help me to feel conviction, God. Help me to be sensitive, God, to your voice. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray. And above all else, God, I want to be in the center of your will. What we say? Come on, let that be the prayer of our hearts. I will be. I will be what you've called me to I make up my mind right now. Come on. There needs I'll to be a made up mind because you're going to be tempted by something that's, that's, that, that's bigger than you. You're going to have to make up your mind. I'm not going back. I'm not doing that again. I'm, I'm refusing, Jonah. I'm not giving up to that temptation. I'm not going back to that influence. Come on. I'm setting my face to go to Jerusalem. I'm setting my face to follow God. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. Jesus. 
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.